0: I'm rocking noise, man. Always got a rocking noise that's in town, I'm rocking noise, man. I'll be rocking with the Bronx. I'm rocking noise, man. Uh-huh. Always got a rocking noise that's the town, I'm rocking noise, man. You see? I'll be rocking with
1: the Bronx. Hey, welcome back or welcome to the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. Uh today it's Matt and David again. Um, we're coming back here from an unfortunate loss in Week One, but um, hey, at least it's just Week One. It's not later in the season. I think there's a lot to look forward to, even though the the game was pretty ugly. But uh, we won't have, you know, we won't hang on too much on this topic. But uh, do you have anything you want to say about this last game before we get into the next one? Well,
0: just the one thing that stands out to me, Matt, is the sloppiness and how much that's got to yeah. improve just silly stuff guys not being in the right position guy and which is a killer in a Fangio defense you've got to have guys in the right position especially um to be playing a technically sound defense in that scheme and guys were just out of position on offense and defense they were in the wrong place they were dropping balls that they should be catching so I'm not you know like we said we're not going to focus too much on what happened last week other than to stress that's what needs to change for this upcoming week. And we'll get a little more into specifics for the Bears coming up because there are specific things that I saw against the Raiders that are going to be real trouble signs against the Bears unless we can turn it around immediately.
1: Yeah, like uh, dropping a touchdown pass in the end zone. Yeah, That's rowing, bad like, against Sucks. every team.
0: Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You can't do that. But, I mean, you're right. I think the game was sloppy overall. Um, I think the, the, there was a lack of energy. Coming from the field, like I just didn't see much speed and, and fierceness from either side of the ball. So, um, you know, the, the games behind us, we should definitely move on from it. But uh, I think this Bears team is a lot better than the Raiders. Um, you know, I I don't know if the Raiders are really as good as they came out on Monday. I think that was a good game for them, but um, I think that it's it's a nice wake up call overall. For the Broncos, and I think uh, you know there's a lot of growing to do from here. So, um, on that note, uh, the Chicago Bears in Denver this week. So this is uh, our first home game of the year, um, and uh, pretty big opponent to have in the first home game. Like the Chicago Bears, uh, they won the NFC North last year, right? Oh yeah, if you correctly. yeah. 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 And they, uh, they're a potent team. Um, I mean, their first game against the Packers was uh, pretty ugly on their part, too. And, I, you know, I think thats it's obvious where their problems are coming from, um, namely their offense and their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's three points against the Packers' defense is... Not a whole lot. I think the Bears defense did you know everything they could. They limited the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, which is fantastic. You know It's a great performance, and you know, the, the offense really needs to step up for the Bears. It was uh, pretty sad to to watch them on uh, on that first game of the year against the Packers. Do you have any uh, like initial thoughts about this uh, about this team coming up? or
0: Well, yeah, and, and I'm going to start on offense. I think mm-hmm. that our matchups there are going to be real tricky this week. You know, like you said, the Raiders are probably not as good a team as they looked like, and that was a week one matchup that you really wanted to take if you were the Broncos because the schedule coming up is not just the Bears this week and then the Packers next week and then and then and then. And it doesn't get any easier from here on out either. Um, And this is going to be one of the better defenses in the league this year in the Chicago Bears. We saw anybody who watched that opening night Thursday game saw a lot of what you saw Monday night the Broncos game, sloppiness. But you also saw a defense that did not lose a step after losing Vic Fangio this Mm offseason and bringing in Chuck Pagano as defensive coordinator they've still got Khalil Mack they've still got a killer secondary and up front they still got they've still got guys like Goldman you know it's it's really they've got some nasty guys up front and our offensive line did not acquit themselves well against the Raiders so having a much more talented defensive line come in this week doesn't is not a matchup that favors the Broncos in any way shape or form uh, you know you you may have to see what we saw the Raiders do to us in that quick passes to maybe establish the run game a little bit control the time of possession there just keep ahead of the chains you don't have to make the flashy plays no five step drops seven step drops get the quarterback out of the pocket but have him have those routes develop quickly they can't be you know down the field routes that take two or three seconds to develop because the time's not going to be there Khalil Mack's going to be in your lunch eating Joe Flacco
1: oh god yeah and they were they, they devastated Aaron Rodgers I think they got five sacks total and way more pressures um, and so if, if they can do that to Aaron Rodgers you know they, they can definitely do this to Joe Flacco like Flacco's not as mobile as Rodgers he's not as uh, he doesn't have that sort of legendary status either mm-hmm. um, and you know overall you're right I think the Bears defensive line especially I think their linebacking core especially mixed with their defensive line is this may be the best unit in the the league overall. Um, Goldman you mentioned Akeem Hicks has been a Pro Bowl player Uh, Khalil Mack if he keeps up this track he's 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 on you know that that hall of fame route really Absolutely. Um, Roquan Smith a great young linebacker he hits really hard he plays smart and he seems to be getting better as the year goes on so it's And so uh, it's much promising. speed. So much yes. speed
0: with him and Danny Trevathan in the middle there. Yes.
1: Yes, and we know Treveathan really well. He used to play for the Broncos, mm-hmm. and then Leonard Floyd had a great game against the Packers. He's really coming out. Um, he had a, a slow start to his career, but uh, yeah, this this you know everybody that plays up in the front here, all these seven players, like they are you know exceptional. Mm. Um, the, this this team is built full of Pro Bowl players in their secondary, just with Kyle Fuller, Pro, Pro Bowl player, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's uh, he switched from the Packers to the Redskins, and now he's with the Bears and um, he replaces Adrian Amos, and I think they don't lose a step yeah. with him. Eddie Jackson is a speed demon, and he's a Pro Bowl player as well. And Prince Amukamara, well, he just looks great within this system. He's bounced around a little bit too, but he's um, he, he fits really well within what they do. Mm. Um, so, you know, this defense is a, way better than the Raiders' defense. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Raiders' defense beat us because we let them you know, I, I go right back to that first play of the game where we ran a jet sweep to Noah Fant. You don't run a jet sweep the first play of the game without establishing the run. You know, you you don't run these plays when the defense is fresh. They're aware. They're looking at everything, and they know what's going to come, and they're ready to react. Yeah. You you just don't do that. You don't build confidence that way. So. You need to start by you know much simpler plays that have been practiced really well, and, and, and you can execute well, such as the zone run, such as getting uh, Royce Freeman the ball, which worked really well in that game, and I yeah. think we're going to come back to that. But against this defensive front... Man, it's it's going to be tough, and I Frangio knows that. Um, you know, he knows that he he's, he's facing a really tough defense. Um, so it's 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 going to be a tough matchup for our offense overall. You know, we can't ignore that. Yeah,
0: very much so, and we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Hopefully, guys can improve on their performance a little bit from last week because we are. I mean, you you like you said, the coaching has to improve, and the you know schematic execution has to improve. But guys just have to flat out play better, too. I mean, there's just no question about it. Guys have to get better quickly as the, if the season's going to have any shot of looking anywhere close to salvageable. Uh, you know, there's guys that can do it. There's definitely guys that can step up their game. And then there's guys that, you know, who stepped up their game nicely, you know, one or two of them at, at Oakland. I'm thinking of guys like Cortland Sutton, who, mm. you know, hopefully we see him improve and build upon that if Joe Flacco has any time to get him the ball.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I think Sutton was really a bright spot in that game, and I think he's going to continue to grow. Like he was excellent, making great catches. He played tough. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was coming in towards the end of the game too, and he's going to be another key player in this upcoming game. They're really going to need to lean on him. Um, you know, overall, I think that you know this Bears defense is going to match up really well with their offense, and Scangarello really needs to come in strong in this game. Um, you know, to to follow the Green Bay Packers game plan. You know, I don't know. You can't really replicate what Rodgers does. Um, they managed to get a touchdown in, but, you know, Jimmy Graham in the end zone is, is you know, a famous call, right? It's been going on for years. So, yeah, I don't know if we have that sort of presence on offense that the, well, uh, the, the Packers thing. did, right?
0: Well, that's the thing. You know, anybody who watched that game and saw the one touchdown the Packers got knows that that was, that was all they did that night. They had, mm-hmm. you know, another field goal drive, but that was it. And that drive was basically... Just Aaron Rodgers doing ridiculous things that only Aaron Rodgers can do, and including that touchdown throw to Jimmy Graham. That was absolutely absurd. And Jimmy Graham, I'm sorry, is a goose that is cooked in this league, but for one play, he had that magic again because Aaron Rodgers was throwing it to him. And yep. that we do not have. I'm sure, like you were saying, that's a presence on offense that we just don't have. Quite frankly, nobody else in the league has it, but. You just can't replicate it, and I think we're going to have to dig into the bag of tricks a little more. I'm not sure how that's going to come out necessarily, but like you said, the Scangarello offense is going to have to come out firing on all cylinders if we even have a chance to succeed against this defense.
1: Oh, most definitely. And, you know, Scangarello's his first game as an offensive coordinator. I think there was a lot of growing pains. But what I liked about him, though, is in the second half, the, the tables turned. You know, we outscored the Raiders in the second half. And I think it, it goes really towards Scangarello changing what he's doing on offense. He ran the ball a lot more. He played a lot more simply and, and, and towards his players' strengths. Um, he's going to have to do that in this next game. You know, I'm expecting a very low-scoring game. You know, it, yeah. it could be another ten to three, ten to seven affair, mm-hmm. right? Because it just these aren't two potent offenses going at it, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but you know, if I'm looking at this across the board, I, I unfortunately have to say I think the the Bears' defense has the advantage against the uh, the Broncos' offense in terms of experience, in terms of coaching, in terms of personnel, really across the board. Um, you know. It's hard to tell what Flacco is going to do. It's hard to tell how they're going to be coached up for this game as well because Fangio knows this team really well and maybe he's got some sort of insider information that can help. But, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. This, this roster is stacked and their coaching staff is, is fantastic as well. You know, this 3-4 system they run is is very dynamic and it's aggressive and mm. uh, it's going to be hard to stop. You know, we, we lost Juan James too for yeah. this upcoming game. And uh, is there is there another injury? Another injury on offense? I thought there was a second player who went down. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, He's, yeah, you know, with a
0: broken hand.
1: A depth player there, so not a huge impact, mm-hmm. but will make a difference. Uh, but Juan James is that's a big loss, especially going up against Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. Yeah, um, you could be sure that right side is going to be exposed.
0: Yeah, Elijah Wilkinson. I mean, the both tackle spots at this point, everybody's going to be eyes on them first and rightfully so because mm-hmm. Wilkinson and Bowles are going to have their their jobs, you know, they're going to have to earn their game checks that day. Um, like you said, with Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack coming off the edge, and, you know, they don't just come off the edge, they rush from inside, they stunt, <laughs> yeah. they twist, they blitz from all different angles, it gets pretty crazy, uh, and, you know, Wilkinson did not hold up as well in the game action at Oakland as he had in the preseason, so, you know, that's something that you really wanted to see from a reserve offensive lineman, is see him, step in there and, and play well. There's not a lot of teams in the off in, in the league that have great offensive line depth. It's just the way the league works now. But that being said, it makes your starters, especially ones that you paid a lot for in free agency this off season, all the more important. And losing them like you lost Juwan James for I haven't even heard, uh, really. All I've heard is not all season is is, is yeah. how long we're going to lose him for. So yeah. there's really, I mean, that sounds like at least a month to me, to my layman's I, ears.
1: I heard, I heard four to six weeks. Yeah, no, that
0: sounds about right. Uh, so, and, you know, if you rush him back with a knee, a knee injury like that, you know, so, you know, expect it to be yeah. at the longer end of that recovery window instead of the shorter end. Yeah. Now, do we so, know who's
1: going to be replacing him on the right side? Uh, probably Wilkinson? Elijah
0: Wilkinson's going to slot back okay. in there, I think. He's the be backup. S- yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I'd be curious to see if they move uh, Reisner. To the right side because I know Reisner can play both tackle and guard he was Mm. I think he played tackle in uh, in college and he was he's just a very versatile dynamic player so you know maybe there's a bit of depth that we can pull in from the guard spot and move Reisner out to the right side you know I don't know um I you know I'm sure we're we're gonna see throughout the week here but um Mm. it's it's gonna be a tough thing to to match up against I mean Mike Munchak is an excellent coach you know he's just up for a really tough challenge here against this Bears defense
0: yeah yeah he's gotta he's gotta coach him up quick this week because absolutely they're gonna be coming fast and furious at him and if Oakland guys like Cleland Farrell and Arden Key were after it you know for Oakland you know who's that yeah Yeah, exactly who these guys yeah, yeah those are you know maybe they're young guys who are gonna have great careers someday but right now they just kind of, they, they pushed us around, and the Bears are known for pushing people around. So if you want to, if we can establish a run game down their throats early, that's what I'm going to be looking for to have any kind of success first and foremost. Short passes and runs right up the gut with Royce Freeman. Take it to the heart of that defense. See if you can do it, because if you can, that's going to open things up for you just a little bit in an offense like in a day where you're just looking for anything like you'll take 5 yards on a play sometimes just to get ahead of the sticks.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean like the Packers are they're they're predominantly a, pa- predominantly a passing team. Uh, but Aaron Jones 13 carries for 39 yards. His longest run was 9 yards. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers was second top rusher on that team with 3 carries for 8 yards. So the Bears are going to shut down this run game very quickly. What I think, you know, the the good thing to have with uh, Scangarello is his zone scheme. I think that you know the running backs for the pack uh, for the Broncos, sorry, are much better than the running backs for the Packers. So I think we 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 do we can lean on these guys, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna have to be a lot of you know directional running plays. Mm-hmm. Gonna really have to you know put a lot of weight on Freeman and uh, Lindsey to make. Tough reads and to find small holes and to really grind it out uh, because it's going to be a very tough front. I mean, we we, we can talk about how good these Bears defense uh, <laughs> defensive players are all night, but it's um yeah it'll be a tough matchup for our offense, I'm sure, and I'm sure everybody knows that already. And, and nobody more than Flacco and Scangarello they're are yeah. up for a big challenge. Yeah. Um. Let's let's flip it around to the other side then because it's it's a lot more interesting to talk about a a, a mediocre Bears offense. Um, against what what hopefully will be a great uh, Broncos defense like we were hoping last week. Um, you know, th- to me, the first thing I saw and the thing that really bothered me was a sort of lack of energy from the Broncos, especially coming off the edge. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb got, you know, no... Sacks, you know, it's surprising. We we talked them up so much, and they couldn't get sacks. Now, you know, the Packers got five sacks against the the Bears. And you know, uh, watching this game, they were pretty easy sacks to get. This Bears offensive line seemed confused. You know, uh, many times during the game, Um, you know, missed assignments. Uh, You know, they just they they just seemed lost. I mean, that's typical of week one, but. You know, it's also I think a sign of of how this Bears offense is going to produce up front. Uh, they've got guys like Kyle Long and and Cody here who are fantastic. Uh, Leno, their left tackle too, is, is you know up and coming. He's really good and, and solid player. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we may have the roster to match up really well against this uh, this offensive uh, unit for the Bears.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I expect both the Bears offense and the Broncos defense to play better than they did last week uh i think we are going to see improvement from the pass rush especially now the raiders schemed very very nicely and quite frankly gave a decent blueprint to the league on how to neutralize our pass rush specifically just by getting those by the ball out so quickly Mm -hmm. we just had not we did not have enough time to get there but you know on the times that, the, you know, the few times that there may have been time to get there, our guys kind of got swallowed up. Like you said, there was a kind of a lack of energy out there that was pretty much a bummer to me, too. Um, and, you know, with those short passing rounds against a zone defense, you, when you try to switch it up to man-to-man like we did, they just forced the tight end down our throats in single coverage. And Isaac Yadam got picked on a little bit. Um, oh, man, yeah, did he? or were. a lot. Oh, um, yeah, And, rough. you know, I think one thing we're going to see out of Vic Fangio that he kind of told us about this year was that he's going to see how a guy responds to a situation. And so how, you know, Isaac Yadam responded to getting picked on Monday night. Uh, maybe he didn't do give the best results to the team. Maybe he didn't secure the best personal stats for Yadam. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully he learned something intangible from that and can carry it over into this next game. Because, well, I don't know if we're going to see Bryce Callahan. It sounds like he will yeah. practice again on a limited basis, but it may be another week or two before he's able to come back to game action. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, so that's going to be, have to be something I'm, I'm going to be watching is just to see if the secondary can hold up against a Bears skill position players that should, you know, they should match up with fairly well, like you said. But they didn't do anything particularly well on Monday night. So, like I say, I expect them to improve. But both in the front seven and in the secondary, they both got something to show me.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think Bryce Callahan is coming back this week. Last I heard, he was inactive or very limited basis. So it's that's a big loss. I didn't know it would be such a big loss. Right. Given how much Yadam just got picked on over and over again. Um, and you can be sure the Bears are going to attempt that as well. Um, you know, the... The one thing I'd say, though, is I think Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky makes some weird decisions. It's like he's still a rookie. It, he just throws certain passes like he's still in college. He tries to force certain balls that just don't make sense. Um, he only threw one pick, but he should have thrown three. There were two of them that were dropped. And the pick that he did throw, it was this deep ball to double coverage to Allen Robinson in the end zone. Like it, it just made no sense to throw this pass. Like It was... I don't know. I, I just really, I am not a Mitch Trubisky believer. Um, I'm really not. And I'm not just saying that. I just really don't think this, I think he's already hit his peak. And I think that, you know, if the Bears decide to keep him long-term, well, there's just another bad quarterback for the Bears franchise. Cause you know, he, he's had, he's been in the league three years now. First year was rough as a rookie. Second year he made the pro bowl, but. Trevor Simeon's made, pro- made a pro bowl. <laughs> Trevor Simeon's made a Pro Bowl, so there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, at the end of the day, I think Trubisky's really going to be the uh, the make or break for this Bears offense. I think that the, the Broncos have the personnel and the scheme to throw him off his game. And I think that Fangio, working with him, across from him from the past few years, he knows what this kid can and can't do. And I think he's going to really, uh, you know, take advantage of this because, You know, I think Allen Robinson made him look really good. There's a few catches that he made that really saved his butt. Um, And, you know, other than him, you know, uh, Tariq Cohen got eight catches, 49 yards. But the rest of the players were really Uh, non-factors. Taylor Gabriel, who's a great gadget player, like he was fantastic for the Falcons a few years ago. With the Bears, he hasn't really done much. I don't know if you know Matt Nagy really knows how to use him uh I I expect he does but um you know it's yet to be seen right we we need we need to see a bit more of this Bears offense to get a sense of who they really are but I really don't think that they're uh they're up for uh, you know much success this year. They're really leaning on their defense, and um, you know again to only score three points against the Packers, that's a, that's a, a little rough. Honestly, yeah. they could have done way better than that.
0: Yeah, the Packers' defense looked a little all pro-ish to me. To yeah. you know that's one that's a unit that I expect may come back to earth at a certain point. You know they look you know, they may be much improved, but I don't think they're that good. Um, but I do think Mitch Trubisky. Might be that bad. Um, he's so. just like you say. He does things sometimes that make you go, wow, that... Wh- where I don't know what you saw, but to me, you know, a layman watching from the couch looks at that and goes, what on earth? Uh, yeah. You know, he does every every so often have those, those throws that make you go, man, that's a number... That's a top five overall pick in the NFL. But, you know, it's like once a game. And yeah. who knows? I mean, maybe... You, if, you know, I can see in a universe where the the Broncos defense comes out super flat again and, you know, they're really, you know, it's a hot day if they're very tight. Ty- there's some scenario in my mind that I just can't kick because of, you know, how bad everybody looked last week probably where Mitch Trubisky comes out and looks like a professional quarterback. But I don't think it's a likely scenario this week. I am leaning like you towards thinking that our defense can match up really well against this offense can confuse Trubisky a little bit with our scheme and maybe force him into some errant decisions. Uh, some turnovers would be really nice to see. You know, that was one thing at least yep. our offense didn't do was turn the ball over last week, but our defense didn't turn the ball over either. And we could have. And that's a problem. Yeah, you, we could have used a couple for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, if we can get some of those on the board this week, that would be really nice getting the plus column there. That's something I, you know, I expected actually to see a little bit more of just, you know, or those opportunities for him. With a Fangio defense, that's something that he stresses a lot is turnovers. And so hopefully we'll be able to match up a little bit better against this offense and create some chances for guys like Kareem Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris.
1: Oh, for sure. The one thing I'd say, though, is, you know, the Bears ran 15 times and they had Trubisky throw 45 times, which is – I don't get it. You know, they've got like David Montgomery and they've got uh, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen didn't have a single carry. He had eight catches, but not a single carry. I think that Nagy may take a step back and revert to running the ball a lot more, um, which would help their offense a little bit. Because having, you know, Trubisky throw 45 times is not a good sign. You know, that's, that's not a good way to, uh, to to manage your offense. Let's, let's you know, let's take a step back here and talk about these coaches a bit for the uh for the Bears, um, Matt Nagy's—he's coming. He's been a, I think it's a third year as a head coach for the Bears. Um, he really turned this franchise around, considering what they were with um, John Fox a few years ago. He's done a, a heck of a job with—with uh, with what he's had. Um, you know, the Bears have given up a lot of resources to get really good players, namely Khalil Mack. Uh, but overall, they've—they've they've been really competitive. You know, across the board, and I think it really comes from Nagy and his leadership. He's from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He worked with uh, with Andy Reid in Kansas City he was a a big part of Alex Smith's success in Kansas City as well so he comes with this sort of west coast type of offense a lot of moving around a lot of air raid influences so this is why he's passing 45 times Um, but I don't know if he's really realized that he doesn't have Alex Smith you know throwing the ball and he's got Mitch Trubisky doing it who Again, I you know I just can't believe in this guy. Um, it, you know, Nagy really seems to be doing his best around him. He's got a good coaching staff around uh, around Trubisky as well. Uh, Mark Helfrick as uh, as the OC and their quarterback coach too. He's been around for uh, for a little bit. I'm just finding his name here. Um, well, whatever it is, my goodness. Uh, Dave Ragoni, Rig- Ragon, <laughs> what, I, I'm so bad with these names. But, you know, he's, he's been working really hard with uh, Trubisky and, and they've got an overall great staff. It's a really dynamic offense. Uh, you know, at its roots and, and its, um, its influences too come from, you know, the, the sort of Andy Reid world where, you know, you, you do a lot of movement. It's West Coast based. It's some zone running, but it's power running as well. Um, they really rely on those do- dynamic running backs like the Montgomery's and the Tariq Cohen's. Yeah. Um, I think their offense is, has the potential to be very dynamic. I just don't think they have the right um, point guard back there who's going to deliver the ball in a way that works well. Um, Nagy does call the plays from the sidelines. He's pretty much running the entire offense, so their offensive coordinator is more of the you know dotting the I's, crossing the T's sort of guy. He does a lot of the backbone work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, this offense can be potent. It really hasn't been yet. Um, I don't think the Bears have ever had a potent offense in their entire franchise history. They've always been a defensive squad. Um, some of my favorite bears teams were the Jay Cutler years just cause it was Jay Cutler throwing the ball. And it was always just funny to watch. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I, I do think that Nagy's a great coach and that he's um, he's put together a really good offensive unit defensively. We had Vic Fangio with the bears, you know, last year he's put up, you know, just legendary seasons with the bears this year they've got chuck pagano who like you said earlier he doesn't seem to take anything away from this defense Um, pagano was actually a defensive corner for the ravens years ago and uh, he comes from that 34 sort of scheme with uh, with a lot of the zone blitzes the stuff that we saw originate from the steelers and and evolve into you know what we see today's defense and he's got the right players for it too Um, but you know, I eh, I just really think Chuck Pagano looks great because of the defensive roster. I mean, uh, you know, n- not to take anything away from him, but I'm sure any defensive corner can come into this room and, and look fantastic with his unit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much, you know, direct coaching he does. I think he's more of, of the, you know, orchestrator and he just puts people in the right position and the players do the rest because, man, he's got a fantastic roster. Um, so, you know, this, this coaching staff's got a lot of experience. They've won games. They've lost games, and you know they've lost some unfortunate games too. And they're hungry, yeah, really hungry mm-hmm. for that playoff berth again and, and to make it to the Super Bowl. So you know, overall, I think these Bears, you know, this Bears team is going to be very competitive, very aggressive. They're going to come out fighting for a win because they're also 0 1, and, and they don't want to be 0 1 anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's it's right now it's kind of hard to tell what's going to happen in this game, um, but you know I think the Broncos are going to be better this week overall. Um yeah one one thing too I want to bring up that uh, I I want to bring up earlier is um Vic Fangio has never coached from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. He's always been in the booth. And I heard the commentators over the last game something that stuck with me. The commentator said Vic Fangio looks like he doesn't know where to stand. He just kind of looks lost in the sideline. And I started looking at him a bit differently and he does. He looks kind of awkward, you know? He's always just kind of on his own on the side like walking around. He, he just seemed Out of his element. And Mm. I, I think that played a big part in how the defense played. You know, and, and how he called the defense. He seemed to be a step behind the Raiders' offense the whole time. And I think it's because he's used to watching the game from the top down. He's used to looking at the field from an aerial perspective where he can see everything at once. When you're on the sideline, it's hard to tell what people are doing on the opposite sideline. It's hard to get a sense of, of how the game's flowing. So, you mm-hmm. know, I think that's played a part in, in the way he was calling the defense and the energy level coming from the defense. Um I also think Fangio's just, you know, he's not a scrub in any way, and I think that these little mistakes and this getting used to the sideline is going to be done by next week. Um, yeah. He's he's in it for the for the long run, and he's in it to win for a long time, and uh, I think his his culture is slowly taking hold. Um, in this Broncos locker room, and um, I think he's going to have himself a better performance
0: next week against yeah. these Bears
1: teams, especially yeah. his old team. He's going to yeah. need to. Uh... Yeah,
0: it's if it if it's going to start from anywhere, it's got to start from him. But I think yeah. it can, and I think it should. Um, and you know, he'll his his improvement will filter down to the defense. And that'll bring, hopefully, carry over to the offense, bring the offense a little momentum. Having that home crowd is going to be huge. You know they're going to yeah. be extremely pumped up for you know opening day. Um, the weather's going to be beautiful. You know I think that they've got to they've got to come out and show them something right away though. That's yeah. something you know if you can keep that crowd in a game, everybody knows the effect that a crowd can have at mile high. It's lethal on an, on an opposing team. But you, And especially a quarterback like Trubisky, you get loud, you keep him rattled, that makes the defense's job that much easier. So it's definitely going to be on Broncos country to come out. They're definitely going to, but the team has to reward them for coming out by showing them something and giving them something to cheer for. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. it's
1: it's going to have to be a different first play of the game. Not a jet sweep. It's <laughs> going to have to be one that gets pr- uh, positive yardage. On defense, we're, we need a sack. Yeah. If we can't sack Mitch Trubisky, mm-hmm. there is a huge problem, especially with the talent we have. You know, not sacking Derek Carr and the Raiders. Like Trent Brown, I think played a lot better than people expected him to play. Um, Colton Miller is. I don't know. I think he played way better too. Yeah, uh, I think I'm he's sure, getting dude. better. I remember when the Raiders picked him, they they were they were clear that they didn't pick him for that year. They picked him for his potential, and I think he's growing into um, what he can do. That offensive line for the Raiders may be the biggest in the entire NFL. Yeah, like oh, they yeah. are massive up front, and they are really really good. I think they're the strength of the offense there. Um, and I think you know we definitely underestimated the Raiders, and I think a lot of people did as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know,
1: that being said, I mean, it's 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 okay. It's week one. We face them again week 16, so we'll see how that uh, lines up. But against this Bears front, I think that, man, if we don't get at least a sack, we need more than that. The Packers got five. With the personnel we have, we can get the same amount between Chubb and Miller. So, you know, this this needs to be the, the, the key to the game to pressure Mitch Trubisky into, you know, on offense. We need to manage the clock. And we need to just get positive yardage and just, you know, first downs and find the weakness and execute on them if there is one.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing, like you were saying, uh, Oakland's got, that's one of their big advantages on offense is their, the size of their offensive line. The advantage that I'm looking at when I look over the skill position players for Chicago is speed. Absolute oh, yeah. speed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got, guy. you know, Tariq Cohen, obviously. David Montgomery, their draft pick this year that they're really, really excited about. They've got Cordarell Patterson in there, who is always about an inch away from breaking one. You know, he's a guy that, you know, never really panned out as a wide receiver. But we saw him used effectively as a guy, you know, a speed guy in Minnesota, in New England. And there's no reason to believe he's lost a step, especially this early in the season when guys still have fresh legs. Um, you know, Taylor Gabriel, I would be very, very uh, wary of a guy like Adam Shaheen, uh, you know, second-year tight end for the Bears who, yeah. you know, he's he's going to be a guy that I would be very, very wary against, against this secondary. Got to keep him covered. He's a guy who could bust a couple open. He's a pretty fast guy, pretty elusive after a catch. So, you know, those old problems that keep rearing their head and you think, God, you know, something's got to fix it. Uh, you, we've got to be able to get something, you know. Maybe it's just the fact that so many, so many inside linebacker experiments have failed in, in yeah. Denver, but the 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 problem keeps rearing its ugly head year after year. And I was one of those people who was hoping that Van, that Vic Fangio had, you know, come up something schematically to kind of neutralize that threat against this defense. But it sure didn't show up last week. If he has,
1: you know, there's only so much a scheme can do when your athletes can't keep up with it. <clears throat> You know, that's just the reality. I think we're getting Todd Davis back this week. Yeah, it sounds like
0: from what I've heard, if, you know, there's a good chance he plays, it probably wouldn't play every play that he would normally do out there. But, you know, he'd get at least, you know, half of his normal reps, if not more.
1: Yep, yeah, and he's going to be a, a big part of the defense too, he, especially just like a vocal leader. Like he's been around the squad for a long time and people, you know, the, the players lean on him, the fans lean on him. I think that he's going to be, uh, you know, I hope that he's going to be playing at his potential, but with the injuries, you know, you just never know. But you're right, this Bears offense is all about speed. Same as the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah. Same that system is predicated on speed, yeah. uh, and you need to have those fast guys to execute it. Even Allen Robinson, he's he's really fast, but he's tall and he's athletic, and he can catch balls that not a lot of people can. So um, he's somebody to watch out for. I don't think we have any tall cornerbacks that can match up with him, and and if we're playing in this sort of system, you know, it'll it'll be hard. But, you know, again, I, I think he's, uh you know, he's, he's the biggest threat. But it, it you need Mr. Trubisky to get the ball to him. And it's really hard to do that sometimes. Yeah. But the rest of the team is, uh, yeah, blazing fast, really hard to cover. Um, it Possible to cover. I mean, it's not like this is the best offense in the league by any means. Sure. But they really rely on their speed and their ability to just kind of burn players. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think our defense can definitely keep up. I really do um, I think our offense is going to struggle against the Bears defense but every single offense this year will struggle against the Chicago Bears defense it's, Easily. you know it, yeah. it's not like the the Broncos have a bad offense by any means they struggled last week they'll struggle again this week but an offense it, it takes you know three weeks at least to to build into a good rhythm um, and, you know, to play like the Raiders, the Bears, and then the Packers. It's, these are good tests to go through yeah. for the rest of the season. Uh, one thing I really appreciated from last game was the way Fangio just seemed to handle himself. It didn't seem to phase him that they lost. Yeah. It didn't seem to really matter that they lost. I, I just got a, a sense that there's something bigger going on with the Broncos. Um, you know, it, it starts with not naming captains. It extends to... You know, changing the way that he's behaving as a coach to being on the sideline to, you know, the, the way that the players are coming to the game and it, it, there are growing pains. But I think he really wants to build this squad from the ground up. And he really, like you said earlier, he wants to see how players react, right? Mm-hmm. After a loss, how are you going to react? How did they come in on Monday? You know, or Tuesday rather, they played on Monday. But how are they reacting to this loss? Are they coming in with a short-term memory, ready to get better? Are they are they hanging their heads on it? Are are they sad about it? Whatever it is, but he's building something greater. Um, I think he's aware that you know the Broncos aren't a they're not in a win now position. They sort of are, but they're not compared to a lot of other teams. So he's really trying to build something for next year and the year after to be you know really competitive. And yeah, I think that yeah. you know these, these yeah, you stuff. got a nice a base difference. with this
0: team right now and yeah. there's a lot of guys in a lot of good positions that have a lot of potential to improve if you build up those guys well enough over the next couple of seasons that's your core your Cortland Suttons your Deshaun Hamiltons your Noah Fant's, your uh, you know Jawan James's I know, of course he's injured now but your Dalton Reisners uh, these are the guys who are, you to know, be your offensive core players for the next 10 years. If they pan out, so that's why they've got Fangio right now. Not to get every tiny coaching decision right or wrong immediately, yeah. like knowing where to stand on the sideline, and like you said, that stuff's gonna come. But oh yeah, you know when. But to develop those players, to have a teacher or the right teachers, like Mike Munchak, hopefully mm-hmm. like Rich Scangarello. In place for the next ten years to help these guys blossom into their potential because they they're all high ceiling guys. But you know we've had high ceiling guys here, great athletes in the past that just didn't pan out, and yep. you know we just have to kind of you know pick ourselves up and move on from those guys. But you also have to look at the the guys themselves and the evaluators and coaches that were helping to teach them they've got that formula solved with the Fangio and his staff. Now. I think they've got definitely some better guys there than they've had in a long time. So but that's like you said, they're building not for not just to have these guys pan out this year, but to have them keep improving over the next couple of years to be those position players that will build this, that they'll build this offense around hopefully through the draft. But, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think, it, you know, guys like Joe Flacco, you know, he's also there to help that along. Like, yeah. you know, Flacco, we, there's a lot of people that joke about him. And and I think he's underrated for where he is now. I'm surprised that he didn't have more attention in the offseason uh, because, honestly, like he's, just, you know, he was good. He had really good years, and you know, even after the Super Bowl, he was good. And he sort of faltered out a little bit, but I kind of get it because he's a bit more of an old school quarterback. He's a stand in the pocket and throw a deep guy. You know, he's a vertical passer. Um, He's an accurate passer. He's always been an accurate passer, and he's got he's still got a lot of gas in the tank. And he was unfazed last week. Yeah, you know, he still had his stone cold poker face the entire week. He worked his ass off the entire game to get the ball in the right people's hands and yeah. he made some great throws especially to Sutton there's a few that he just darted right down the middle right threading the needle and got a ball in his hands and um, I think Flacco is a great leader for this offense to to sort of carry this new culture change because he gets it he's been to the big game he knows what it takes to get there and uh, he can bring that you know to this roster and I think he he's going to do it over the course of the year um, and this Bears team like it's, it's going to be another big test another huge huge challenge for those broncos but let's have these challenges in week one two and three not week 14 15 16 you know those are the weeks where we're going to need a lot of wins right now losses you can manage right you can mm-hmm. you can build from because it's uh, it's still early uh
0: but um yeah it's,
1: yeah. it's going to be a challenging game nonetheless
0: and with a young roster, like, you know, especially, you know, wins and losses, I mean, great, you know, you get enough wins, maybe you go to a playoff game, but more important right now is, does this, in, this team improve down the stretch, especially yeah. as a, you know, a tough schedule, not just at the beginning of the year, but all year long, does this team come together and start to play better as the year goes on? to build into next year a little bit more. Because I think, you know, it's realistic to start looking into next year and not look at this team as a, as a playoff team right now uh, or for this season. I think it's realistic to expect that it's going to take a little longer. And that being said, you know, we especially have um, have to see some improvement from some guys like that I thought we were going to see some improvement from a little earlier this season. Um, my expectations were probably a little bit too high as far as it goes. You know, just bringing in a new coaching staff and you think, oh, man, that's going to be such a great turnaround for this team. And it is probably, but it's not going to be a turnaround that's going to be immediate, uh, that you're going to see over the first three or four weeks of the season, this start to look like a night and day team from last season. You know, the it takes time to kind of air out that laundry and kind of have the coaching staff ruffle a few feathers with some guys and say this is how it is from now on yep. this is how it is in the regular season under us and yep. so once I see that culture for lack of a better word really start to permeate this team I think we are going to see some some improvement late down the stretch with this team um yeah, I think they're going to look better in the end of the season than they are at the beginning uh but it's, you know, they've just got to go out and show me, um, especially just guys that, you know, start proving it on the field. Deshaun Hamilton, I made a, a pretty big plant in my flag uh, for you last week as a guy who I thought was really <laughs> yeah. going to improve this season, and then what'd you do? Oh, you dropped you dropped oh, an enormously yeah. easy touchdown catch. Like that, you know, I don't know if that's yeah. one that wins the game for us, but it definitely changed the momentum and character of that game. We're not going to focus on it too much, just get it fixed and it, yeah, same yeah. same to you Isaac Adam I was on your bandwagon this summer all <laughs> summer long and you kind of laid an egg on national television
1: oh man he laid a big yeah. egg that was a rough game yeah. but uh, yeah I you know you're totally right about the culture uh, you know from what I understand it takes about a year for culture to really instill itself per level. So, you know, the head the head coach comes in and now he's got a new coaching staff. It's going to take a year for the coaching staff to be fully gelled, working towards the same goal, same vision, right? It just takes people time. And then it's going to take another year for the players to fully buy into it. Now, that's, you know, the sort of textbook version of it. It can happen a lot faster. Sure. Um, but in order for it to happen faster, players need to buy in. The right players need to buy in. Emmanuel Sanders, Joe Flacco, these leaders need to really step up and demonstrate what it takes to win and then the rest of the team's going to come through you know and it was
0: easy it was easy for us as fans to get really excited and look at this roster on paper and this coaching staff on paper and say man those are guys that are going to come together right away this mm -hmm. all fits let's go out and win some games so you know it's it's understandable for fans to have a reaction of oh man that stinks everything looked like it stunk but that's not a good Uh, an understandable argument to go from there to say well it's not going to get any better it's not going to improve you know we've seen what it is and it's not good it's just like the vance joseph years all over again it may have looked like that for parts of one game but it's not going to look like that for the rest of the season
1: oh absolutely not this is a very promising broncos team and like you know if you remember years ago almost 10 years no yeah, 10 years, whatever it is. The the Giants started 0-2. They went on to win the Super Bowl. You know, it, it happens. Teams start rough, and then they grow, and they get bigger, and they go off, and they win a lot of games. I think we're in a very competitive division. Yeah. Um, you know, the Raiders, I'm sorry. I don't know if they're going to maintain their level of success. Their offense looked great week one, but... It was week one. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of other teams that maybe should have won lost and vice versa. The Browns, who have been hyped up for so long, just got destroyed by the Titans. It, You know, it happens. Week one is never a good testament of what the season's going to look like. You know, Steelers only scoring three points. I don't think that's a true demonstration of the potential of the Steelers' offense. Sure. Right? it's... We can't base the entire season on this, and I think that we're going to keep getting better as the year goes on for sure. Um, you know, especially as teams start to settle, as injuries start to happen and, and tendencies and all that, it's, it's going to make a big difference um, along the way. But um, let's just uh, bring this down to a close here. We're getting pretty long on time, so let's. what's your prediction for this upcoming
0: game? It's going to be a defensive struggle, I think. I think both teams are really going to struggle to score. Um, whichever team I think establishes the run game better is going to have a better chance, I think. And to that, But I think we're going to see a lot of field goals in this game. Uh, mm. I would not be surprised to see a score, you know, you were saying it earlier, 10-6, 13-10. Um, you know, I am going to go 13-10 Broncos. I, okay. I was close to picking the bears this game that's kind of what my head is telling me but my heart says go with the home team in the season opener the home opener for the season uh pick the ponies one more time and you know see if we can if we can get get one over on this bears team win it with a last second field goal 13-10 broncos that's mine
1: all right cool yeah i'm um I'm going to leave my heart out of this and I'm going to <laughs> only use my head. And uh, I am going for the Bears to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that it will be another defensive tight game. I think it's going to be uh, just like a 10 to 6. Yeah win for the Bears I think that it's going to be you know uh, just a sneaky touchdown pass Mitch Trubisky going to do something it's going to be like oh my god he's amazing now uh, probably to Alan Robinson just given his height and athletic ability um, but at the end of the day I think the defense just really wins I think we're going to see some turnovers on both sides of the ball yeah um, I think it's going to be uh, you know a couple sacks on both sides of the ball too so it'll be really fun to watch if somebody if, if you like a good defensive game this might be the one to watch tune in um, Absolutely. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm calling it 10-6 for the Bears. Um, so let's go now and uh, give the predictions for the rest of the Orange Weekly crew.
0: Hey, everyone. This is Jason Andino from Orange Weekly After Dark. A tough start to the season for the Denver Broncos as they had a poor performance in Oakland. And now they're faced with the test of facing a tough Chicago Bears team who's looking also to bounce back from a poor Week 1 performance. Unfortunately, I think the Bears have a little bit more going for them in that they know their system down at this point. They have familiar coaches. They know their expectations and their assignments, while the Broncos are still clearly trying to figure out those nuances that come with a new system, new coaching staff. Because of that, I think it's going to be another tough week for the Broncos, and I'm going to have to say that the Bears are going to pull out this one with a score of 17-10. to 10.
1: Hey, what's going on, Orange Weekly? It is your boy Ray from the Halftime Hash and the Ragers show. I do not trust the Broncos at all based on the product that I saw on Monday night. The Bears are a better team, slightly better defense. They have a little bit more tools on the offensive side. I am taking the Bears 2013. Hi, this is Tanner Lee and Jeff Ryan from the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Uh, Tough start for our Denver Broncos in Week 1, losing to those Raiders. Unfortunately, I don't have a good feeling about this uh, game against the Bears. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going with uh, score prediction of the Bears 20, the Broncos 17.
0: Yeah, I I sure hope that the Broncos uh, find a way to set the tone early in this game. We cannot... uh, afford to start 0 and two but i know that the bears are thinking the exact same thing i do like that this game is at home Uh, we have a good uh, home record especially early in the season so i'm going to go with the broncos here 17 14 and a low scoring affair
1: everyone, Kev Dan here from Orange Weekly with my score prediction. We are facing the Bears at home in Denver. Uh, Coach Fangio's former team from last year, and while he may not know exactly what they're planning on doing, he does know the players pretty well, so that's going to play in our favor. In addition to being at home after a disappointing Monday night loss against the Raiders on the road in Week 1, uh, we are looking to rebound and get something going for us. So that being said, I'm predicting Broncos 16 bears seven i think our defense can really come out uh show what they're made of and hold the bears to a uh, touchdown or less so that being said i'll see you guys tuesday night for beer broncos no bs 7 p.m mountain time make sure you check out our patreon at patreon.com slash weekly for some exclusive content and chance to win some monthly prizes so with that being said guys take care go broncos and we'll see you later all right so uh we're done here for today any parting words before we head off
0: Man, it's just you know. I'm excited to get that mile high atmosphere again. Uh, you yeah. know, it, the team will come out and play. The, how the team will come out, but that that you know that stadium, that crowd roaring, that all that beautiful field of orange, it, it, even with a team that's kind of suspect like the one we've got now, that's always an exciting time in Broncos country. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend absolutely Um,
1: whether or not the Broncos win or lose I don't think it's really that relevant right now I think there's greater things happening with this roster Um, I also think we've been saying this for you know as long as we've been doing this podcast but I you know we really mean it this time Um, this is not Vance Joseph this is a coach with an incredible amount of experience with a proven system with you know a a really high level respect in this league it's going to take a little bit of time to get there but these big challenges they're facing for from week to week right now are only making us better in the long run. Um, so you know, I, I think the Bears going to win but at the end of the day, I think it's g- going to be a really good game. It'll be a defensive game and it's going to just demonstrate how much better the Broncos are going to get from week to week.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Go Broncos.
1: Absolutely, man. Go Broncos and see you next week.
0: Always, man. Always, man. I'm